Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm your host Andy Barge and with me today is Daily Record sport writer Anthony Haggerty. On this week's pod we'll discuss Celtic's Halloween hammering of Dundee, the Betfred Cup semi-final victory over Hearts, Ryan Christie's sudden emergence in the side and Daniel Arzani's social media riddle after he was stretchered off at Dens last night. Only one place to start, Tony, at Dens indeed. Let's take a run through of Celtic's recent domestic form. Lots of goals scored, four against Hibs, six against the Saints, three against Hearts and now five at Dundee. They really seem to be hitting a stride. I think it's fair to say that Celtic have rediscovered their domestic mojo. You know, the, the stuttering start to the season kind of been consigned to the history books and they're now starting to play with a flair, a zip and a zest and it's manifested itself in goals and goals coming from all over the park and I think uh, Brendan and Rodgers has got the players up for it again and I think he's up for it again, you know. Because I think in, earlier in the season there, there seemed to be some body language that maybe indicated some unhappiness, but seems to be all rosy in the garden again and it, and it shows the way they're playing and they're now not only beating teams but they're actually dismantling them. Well, what do you feel's changed then in that regard? How has it gone from being so st- stuttering to so flowing? I, I think there just has to be a kind of watershed moment, you know, and, and Brendan has admitted himself that it would be hard work on the training, but as every manager says... But you always felt that Celtic were had too good a team and too good a squad not to come good. But you were always asking yourself the question: When is it going to come? When is it going to come? You know, and and I think the turning point was maybe the the one 0 one against Aberdeen, which wasn't pretty. But Scott Sinclair, mm-hmm. who was under a lot of pressure at the time for you know, under underperforming, scored a vital back heel goal. And I think they've not looked back since then. You know, it was a big win, and it's, it just seemed to lift everybody. You know. Well, the recent domestic fixtures haven't been easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Celtic have maybe made them look slightly easier than they perhaps should have been. I think it goes back to the fact that they have the best squad in the country, and the best squad in the country should be producing this kind of football. And it's what the Celtic fans expect, certainly. It's what Brendan expects, it's what the players expect because they've set their own high bars. And I think they were, were bitterly disappointed in themselves with the earlier part of the season when it was... They were labouring, they were toiling and struggling, you know, to put teams away. But you know, the since this St Johnston performance as well, which proved that they can score a number of goals, they've they've not really looked back in the past few weeks, you know. Has anybody in particular impressed you during this flurry? I think Forrest's four goal salvo at McDermott Park was terrific, but uh, also you touched on it there, we we'll probably speak about it more, but Ryan Christie, I've always felt Ryan Christie was a, a terrific technical footballer. You know, and, and he just and he had to and he's had to bide his time for his chance at Celtic. Mm-hmm. But he's actually now shown that he's taken his Aberdeen for him to the next level. It's okay doing it with Aberdeen, but Celtic you have to sustain it week after week after week. And a lot of people thought maybe he didn't have it in him to be a Celtic player, but I think he's now shown that he's he certainly bulked up 
and he's and he's learned from the manager obviously who's told him he'll get his chance and he's now grasping it you can, yeah you can see with some of the Celtic boys especially the younger ones Tierney uh, is one of them Christie's another you can see the difference in them physically I suppose that is only going to benefit them they've clearly been told in order to be a player at this club you have to bulk up it seems a kind of uh, easy and natural thing to say but a lot of guys are slight it's a you physical know, name into, Yeah, you know, when you come into the side and they're slight and that's how they maybe don't make their mark. But Christie's now beginning to make his mark. Tierney, as you pointed out, he's incredibly bulked yeah. up in, in the past... Very broad shoulders. You know, in the past year or so. So, in Forrest as well, who was slight, but very difficult to knock off the ball now, you know? You have been outspoken against Tom Rogic <laughs> in the past, Tony. I have been, yes. Can you uh, admit I'll, your... You, that goal last night that he scored was a what a world last night's goal was top draw but what what my criticism of Tom Rogic was that I always felt Tom Rogic had that in his locker right Mm -hmm. always felt that he had it but I could not understand why he lasted 60 minutes and he would flit in and out of games individual moments of brilliance and I said you could compile a DVD of his greatest goals but not his greatest games Mm -hmm. now Tom Rogic is throwing the proverbial custard pie in my face, he's starting <laughs> to look like the player that I believe Celtic signed, gifted, technical ability, second to none, and, and scoring some superb goals, but he's doing it over a sustained period of time, and that was all I was questioning about Roger. I, I was just questioning the fact that there was a player there, but you know I, I didn't believe he was this great player that everybody was seeing, and I was questioning the fact that he's, he, I, I wasn't doubting his ability, just a fact of producing it on a, on a more consistent basis, and yeah, and, I, and I'll be the first to admit, I've I've been heavily critical of him, yeah, but I, I guess it's just because I was probably more disappointed in the fact that I expected more and I knew he could give more, and now he's starting to give more, and and everybody's saying, well, knew all along he was a player, I knew all mm-hmm. along he was a player, but <laughs> it, it was frustrating to the point where I just I couldn't see this wonderful player that everyone was talking about, but I'm beginning to change my mind on that and say that I, I can certainly see you weren't angry just disappointed eh? you weren't angry just disappointed I just disappointed maybe <laughs> came across as being angry but uh, probably more frustrating the fact that see when you know there's a player there and and they just I don't know for for whatever reason they're not functioning it's frustrating for everybody because it's a joy to watch at times one of many he's one of many good playmakers at yeah. Celtic uh, on his day another one's Cal McGregor now Cal McGregor was pulled back from a more attacking position against Hearts, deployed in a deeper role. He played there again last night. He's he's the kind of player that can he's got great vision, he can see passes, he can kind of dictate play left to right going forward. Do you see a future for him in a position as such, or do you prefer him further up the, the park? I always think Callum McGregor's more uh, productive going forward, you know, and and that kind of playing passes in in a more uh, creative way. But Again, Callum's the kind of player who's clearly been asked to do that job by the manager. He's no mumped, he's no moaned, he's just got on with it. And and all good players can adapt. And I think Callum McGregor's a very, very good player. But personally, if you ask me, a more defensive role is suited to his game, I would say at this moment in time, probably not. But if he's been asked to do that role for the team, you know, then he, he clearly thinks he can. I, don't, I, say, I definitely don't think Callum McGregor's a defensive midfielder. I mean, him dictating and starting attacks from a deeper role rather than yeah. getting the ball with his back to goal maybe in the number 10 position or out wide 
and then yeah. turning and going on. Do you, do, you, do you feel that he can do a job for Celtic from I, that maybe number six position? Then? I'm sure he can do a job there uh, uh, in the long-term future. Do I see him there? Possibly not, because I think he is more effective in that number 10 role. You know, he, you know, ever since he missed the chance against uh, Munchen Gladbach away, mm-hmm. he's been lethal from the target. I, I think he, he missed... He's missed two or three chances after that, but most of them he's passed into the net because he snatched at that one that mm-hmm. night in Germany and clearly was told, you know, you can pass it, you're, you're a fine striker of a ball. And ever since then, he, some of his goals he scored have been quite exquisite, but he, he never leathers it. He always gets his side foot on it and he always kind of caresses the man, you know, and, yeah. and he learned very quickly that way. And I, I think he's better in that sense of coming on to things like that. and being creative that way as opposed to you see that, that deeper role that he's been asked to perform for the team right now and of course Celtic don't have Stuart Armstrong anymore they could maybe use a midfielder that's breaking forward breaking the lines and yeah. getting shots away McGregor fits that bill yeah McGregor fits that bill and you know it's I, I think it's it's an interesting one for him you know because we, they now have a plethora of midfielders all or nearly all who seem to be at the top of their domestic game you know Rogic performing great Christie doing really well. Sinclair's come back onto a game. Forrest is, you know, has been a role model of consistency. Sham, who people might say is kind of up and down, but when he's on his game, he's very, very good, you know. And uh, also as well, I was thinking of somebody and, and McGregor himself, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's a lot of healthy competition in there. And I think in terms of if you want to play in that team, then you'll you'll play anywhere. The manager says to you, you want to play there? Sure, I'll play there. You know. These little turn if he's sitting on the bench and no player likes that, you know. So. Let's chat about Ryan Christie then. Do you really believe that he's got what it takes to go on and become a regular and important player for Celtic? I do. I, I really like Ryan Christie. I, I liked him as a kid when they signed him and I, I liked him when he went to Aberdeen. I thought he showed, he matured a lot Aberdeen, at Aberdeen in that 18-month loan spell and I think he's come back a, a far better and more educated player and he's now clearly responding to Rodgers and Rodgers he's Rodgers kind of player a project where he likes to make a good player better you know and and uh, I think he has made a good player better and he's now ready I think he's ready to contribute in the way in which he hoped he always would as a Celtic player you know a lot of guys don't like being a bit part players Is it fair to make that assessment after what probably one and a half really strong games because Christie's had limited game time it's fair to say um, since the start of this season he, for example the Kilmarnock game away he didn't do much in the European games that he's featured he's, he's not really had an impact he came off the bench against Hearts in the Betfred did really well won the game for Celtic basically and then contributed and played well at Dens last night are people jumping to a conclusion a wee bit about this? Does he need a sustained run in the team before you can say, right, OK, Christie's an important player for Celtic? Without a doubt. I mean, he certainly needs a, a sustained run in the team. But I think, judging on, we'll take his last two performances. He, he turned that semi-final on its head when he came on, won the penalty, mm-hmm. was involved in the two goals, scored a cracking goal, so which was top draw finish. So showed that he can, he can do it at that level and against... Uh, top class opposition and then last night he's carried that on he contributed another goal so I think when you've got a player like that who feels confident then you'll get the best out of him and as I say I, I think Ryan Christie realised this was his time 
it was a kind of make or break season for Christie. He had to step up to the plate. And I look at him now, he, he doesn't look like a boy anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first saw him when he signed for Celtic, I described him as a kid, and he was a kid. You know, he looked like a kid. And he went to Aberdeen, he was a kid, but he, he produced the, the odd flash of genius, you know. But now I look at him and I think, right, you are bulking into a player, you know, and as you touched on, it's a physical game. Mm-hmm. So you need a, you need every attribute, and he's got many of those attributes required to be a success at Celtic. As I say, it's it's you are jumping to a conclusion based on the last two games, but if he continues like that, then yeah, he'll be in the team. I think it would be hard for Rodgers to leave him out at the moment, considering what his contribution in the last game and a half has been. Sure, without a doubt, and and I think when you've got a confidence player like that, you you let them go on that run and see see where it takes them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm sure he'll he'll probably be in the the Scotland squad if he keeps this up over the next couple of games. That might give him a further boost. You know, uh, it's, I mean, there's lots of games coming up for club and country over the next wee while, so it's down to him really to make sure he can keep that going. There's no reason why he shouldn't be in the Scotland squad because he has had a real a, a positive impact and. A, a Scotland lack a lot of players like Christie who can make a positive contribution and can score goals and from that midfield area. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Big X squad. But again, that's down to the Scotland manager, isn't it? Are you going to give him that second goal against Hearts, Christie? Oh yeah, it was over the was line. Definitely over. I said it at the time that I, I was convinced it was over the line. Uh, TV cameras have since shown it. That it, was an, it was over the line. So he gets it by virtue of the fact that it was on target rather than. Uh, Hurts keeper own own goal doesn't he so I I would give him the benefit of the doubt the good thing for Celtic was that Forrest was was following up anyway and and removed any dubiety but I mean TV pictures clearly showed that it it was over the line wasn't it so I I would give him it yeah of course Before we we move on I mentioned there perhaps some Scottish football fans jumped to conclusions in this case maybe about Christie's importance to the Celtic team of course you can only beat what's in front of you but should Celtic fans not read too much into last night's result, considering how poor than they are at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I mean, but as you said, you can only beat what's in front of you now. And I think it's the manner of the victory that will have pleased the Celtic supporters. They are swashbuckling now. They're turning on the style. They they are looking for, you know, they get one, they want two, they want three, they want four. You know, and, and, and I think that's, that's all that Celtic want. It's in their DNA. The, the fans want to be entertained. And I think at this moment in time they're getting they're getting entertained. You know the the Hibs game I believe at Celtic Park was was by far the best game of the season. Yeah, very I'll, exciting. I only saw the highlights of it and on sports scene, but it looked a terrific football match. You know, and and I think Celtic fans will put up with a lot. You know, but first and foremost they want entertained. They want to see their team their team attack and they want to see goals. You know, to the detriment of maybe other areas like defence, but. If they're winning and they're swashbuckling in that manner and playing with that kind of style, they'll, they'll enjoy that, you know? Well, we touched briefly on the Hearts semi-final there, how how big a result it was, especially the second-half performance, getting past the Hearts team. Obviously, Naismith going off injured didn't help them. The goalkeeper's mistake didn't help them. And the penalty, you could argue, could have went either way. But Celtic got the job done. Impressive result in the end, and they'll face Aberdeen in the final. Do you see this year's final being any being different at all to the, the two finals Celtic had against them a couple of seasons ago? It's hard to see past Celtic for the final against Aberdeen but what I will say against Aberdeen Aberdeen shocked everybody on Sunday you know they 
you know, I've heard it described as a smashing grab, but I think that's unfair in Aberdeen. You know, the Derek McInnes came with a game plan. The same way Motherwell came with a game plan the year before against Rangers, they turned it into a fight which they could win. Aberdeen had turned Sunday's game into a contest which they could win, and that contest was to soak up <coughs> any pressure and then hit Rangers either on the counter or with a set piece. But by all pe- people would describe it as a smash and grab, but Aberdeen had the best chance in the first half, and now again hit one over the bar. Joe Lewis wasn't called to make many saves, couple in the second half, and then Aberdeen scored from a set piece from a great delivery. So you're talking about an executed game plan perfectly. I, I think that was a- an example of that. And I think they're now, they're now rediscovering their, their form a wee bit. They've gone on to beat Hamilton, scored a few goals, and they'll be getting confidence building there, you know, and momentum. They'll want momentum mm-hmm. going into the final. But as I say, it's, it's difficult to see past Celtic, but I wouldn't underestimate Aberdeen in any shape or form because they will be formidable opponents and they'll make it difficult. But I, I guess it's hard to, to go against the two finals that have previously been, and Celtic have that, and they're still the, at this moment in time, they still have all three trophies and there's a determination there to try and make even more history with a treble treble but that'll be a difficult thing to achieve Absolutely, one man who may not, if, if he was in Rodgers' plans may now not appear in that final um, if he was going to be in the squad is Arzani stretched off last night at Dens he's having a wee bit of fun on social media so he has, he's posted a picture of his knee in a brace, questioning whether he'll make it up a flight of stairs in a property is this an example of social media and footballers not mixing well? Because that only starts rumours, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very cryptic, isn't it? I mean, I believe Roger said last night he, he wasn't too perturbed or concerned with the nature of the injury. And Arzani, when he left the field, was clapping the supporters, wasn't he? So it's kind of indication that all wasn't as bad as maybe everybody first it first seemed or everybody thought. But uh, as you say, it's I think there's a a lack of awareness sometimes with footballers mm-hmm. when they're on social media and and I think Arzani's maybe not aware of what tweets like that will do it will send <laughs> Celtic supporters and various football websites into meltdown mm-hmm. various media outlets uh, including ourselves you know as to say what, what does this possibly mean you yeah. know and well I mean he's, there's reports down under that he's torn his ACL I don't know where they've come from I would imagine that's not the case I mean I, I as someone who who has torn the ACL themselves, the last thing is on your mind is is smiling and, and yeah. clapping somebody when you're getting taken off the field of play. I mean, if if he torn his ACL, it would be really really serious. I think Rogers alluded to the fact he he's may, he may have just twisted his knee. It felt slightly unstable, and he's been taken off to make sure that no further injury happens. Yeah, his antics don't sound like a man who's going to spend months mm-hmm. on the sidelines. You know, maybe we joke and stuff. That that that's fair enough, but. You'll quickly learn that as a Celtic player, you know there's a way of conduct both on and off the park. Uh, and as I say, it's it's as cryptic as it gets. You know until he steps back out onto the mm-hmm. football field, then we'll, we'll not know the well. We'll not know how well or unwell Arzani is, but I'm sure he'll be determined to step back out onto the football pitch as quickly as possible because I'm sure he wants to make a name for himself at Celtic. It's certainly taking him a while. Yeah, but by all accounts, his 18-minute cameo last night, he was actually doing quite well, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, Rogers commented saying that he was impressed. Yeah. So, the injury. And I think the Celtic supporters will be desperate to see more of that because uh, when he signed, he came with a reputation as being 
the next big thing to come from Australia. So I guess Celtic will be hoping that proves to be the case. Well, it's Hearts this weekend for Celtic. The they've had a, a tough, tough couple of games against Celtic and then Hibs in the Edinburgh Derby last night. It's not a good time for them to be travelling to Parkhead with Celtic in this kind of form. You know, you they are the league leaders and the league leaders for a reason because they came out the blocks terrifically well and started the season with a real bang. But in the back of Celtic mind, that defeat at Tynecastle stung them. You know, and it, and it stung them hard and I think they'll be out to avenge that and I can see Celtic, uh, if they get one, they'll want to, they'll, they'll, they'll want to you know, put the foot, press pedal to the medal, you know, and put the foot on the floor and try and give Hearts a tanking and uh, the way the way Hearts have lost players, have lost a vital player in Naismith and vital players at the back, you know, you, you can see if Celtic get into their stride, then you, there could be another doing in the offing. For Hearts, is uh, it, it's not. I said it might not be a good time to be playing Celtic, but is it a good time to be playing Hearts? Well, conversely, you know, out, out of adversity, you know, teams produce, you know, and and as I alluded to there, they're the top of the league for a reason. They're a good side, and it depends what way Levine uh, approaches the game. But from historically, you know, he'll try and sit in and make it tight and stop Celtic's flair players from playing but at this moment in time Celtic have got a plethora of flair players so if one stop, stops functioning then another one's you know there mm-hmm. to step into that breach so I think it'd be a difficult afternoon for Hearts because I just feel that Celtic there's the real confidence coursing through their veins now and there's goals everywhere in the side you know so it, it could be a difficult afternoon for Hearts but you know I, I, it'll turn out I'll, I'll end up with egg in my face again and something <laughs> Ridiculous will happen, you know. So, but I can see, I can see Celtic being comfortable winners in that one, Andy. To be honest, well, it's, we're still fairly early on in the season. People have spoken about Arts as title challengers. If they can maintain or further this four-point gap they've currently got, then I think you have to start taking them seriously. Yeah, it's a big test for Hearts on Saturday. And see, and if they come to Celtic Park and win, then you'll say, yeah, they are serious title contenders. And my last few comments, I'm not dismissing them by any means. I was just saying that Celtic have got a wee, are on a roll at the moment and could conceivably you know, score two or three against them like they did last Sunday. But again, using the whole revenge thing, Hearts will be wanting to make amends for the semi-final. But I just think they're missing <coughs> key and vital personnel, as as were Celtic, but they're getting guys back. And uh, I just think that it will hurt Hearts in the long term. You know, Naismith's a massive miss for them. You know, their whole game plan was disrupted on Sunday. Uh, Stephen McLean's missing mm-hmm. as well, you know, so <coughs> Uchiak Piazza is also out. So there's no real focal point up front. You wonder who, who their out ball will be or who, who they'll get the ball to to score goals. So that's a, a big concern. So so does that mean Levine becomes more defensively minded? Well, they, they, start, they started Big Harring up top last night in the yeah. Edinburgh Derby. That's a, a change of pace, you know. Yeah. So you, so does that 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 affects their game plan? And if they come defensively minded, then big open park at Celtic Park they could mm-hmm. be picked off. Well, the result on Saturday for Celtic was was great, a three 0 victory. Not many people, I think, in Scottish football will will have seen that coming. But it did take a touch and go penalty and then a keeper howler for the two goal cushion to be. Yeah. established and I think that shows that even though Hearts <coughs> do have injuries and their game plan was interrupted at Murrayfield 
they still do have a resilience and an organisation about them that, that makes it hard to, to break down. Well, without a doubt, Andy, I, I mean, I don't think that Hearts are incapable of coming to Celtic Park and winning. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll certainly believe that they can do that. And, and for long periods on Sunday, they did frustrate Celtic. And it was it did take the penalty in the howler to get Celtic up and running. But once they got that, they, it could have been... What, four, five, mm. six? Uh, keeper pulled off some great saves. Yeah. Celtic were quite negligent in terms of chances that they missed. Uh, I just think that if there's a criticism that the manager needs to be nitpicking, that's what you'd maybe home in on. You know, when you have that dominance, you have to convert these chances. You know, because quite a lot of them went a begging on Sunday, but and it, it didn't uh, make any difference to the final outcome. But you just think they were being a bit, you know, negligent. Well, Hearts obviously played Hibs last night, former Celtic manager Neil Lennon at the, the centre of a point of controversy there was many throughout the game Canberra's red cards, Islamic getting punched by a Hibs fan and then the coin in Lennon's face at the end a few people, Gary Caldwell, one of them uh, Stephen Elliott, former Hearts uh, striker and Duncan Wright of the, the Sun labelled Lennon a, a bloody idiot for his antics um, at the end of the game do you think that that just has to be put to one side because any anybody that tries to say Lennon brought this upon himself is excusing what what happened at the end of the game. I have a real difficulty with this phrase, and it's become almost, you know, part of football parlance in Scottish football. When you relate it to Neil Lennon, he brings it on himself. I, I for one, I'm, I'm not too sure I, I fully understand what that means. You know, I. Neil Lennon is a football manager, he's a divisive character, he was a divisive character as a player and as a manager, but I think everything that he does, it equates to pantomime villain stuff, you know, pantomime villains get booed and they're disliked, you know, but I don't think there's any any character in Scottish football that's had to put up with mm -hmm. as much as Neil Lennon has in all his years as a Celtic player, Celtic manager and now, now Hibs manager, you know, so this... It's dangerous territory, you know, when you when you talk about uh, Neil Lennon, but you can't condone mm -hmm. people acting or supporters acting in that manner. And I and I'm also referring to the Hibs supporter that attacked the Hearts goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. Well, Lennon condemned that too. Yeah, you can't throw coins in a man's face. Mm -hmm. It's just it's, it's you don't throw a coin. You don't behavior. you don't throw a coin without intention to, to, to cause harm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and is he not entitled to celebrate or when, when he's been a, when his team have got a call, mm -hmm. you know, a, a disputed call? But that just shows the fickle nature of football fans, Tony. I mean, no doubt the fans behind the dugout will have been shouting pelters at Lennon all game and as soon as Lennon turns around to, to give a wee bit back in a jokey manner, he's yeah. not swore at them or such, he's just gestured for them to sit down and then a coin so gets yeah, thrown in his face. It's pantomime villain stuff, you know, and it's and it's always this that the football fan who shouts and screams verbal verbal abuse for however long, no, 90 minutes and beyond, and then when the, the victim of that verbal abuse gives dishes it back or does something then it, they they cry cry wolf and say oh arrest him he's out of order he does this or else at least he's something a lot more sinister and, and, and horrible like we saw last night you know and let's not forget this is the same venue that Lennon was attacked the Celtic manager in mm -hmm. 2012 you know so it, th there is history there and 
you know, and, and and this is not to get at Hearts fans per se, because lots of I was at Motherwell St Martin last night, and a Motherwell fan ran behind the goal and made a beeline towards the St Martin supporters. Thankfully, because of the conditions, he ended up slipping and falling on his backside, and he was carted away. You know, and and uh, and again, that's not having a goal. Motherwell fans, Celtic have had their problems with with their supporters' behaviour and all the UEFA fines and Mbappe, stuff. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, Hearts are not immune. I suppose are not sorry, not the only ones who have caused bother at most. But they 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 don't belong in Scottish football. And if we can weed them out and ban them for life, that that's what should happen, you know. And because the, there's no place in society, let alone Scottish football, you know, which is the vehicle that these supporters use to vent their spleen and display mindless acts of, uh, you know, nonsense like that last night. But can you believe that somebody like Gary Caldwell, who knows Lennon personally, they were teammates. I mean, I don't understand how Caldwell can come out and say oh, Lennon goaded the Hearts fans. It's almost excusing the behaviour I, I believe he c- of the he, home fans. Yeah, I believe he retracted that, but didn't he? Or Did he take it back, Twitter, he, issued, or, or he maybe issued an apology. Because again, Gary Caldwell may be just guilty of just saying this stock phrase that's always attached to Neil Lennon. Uh, and then maybe thought, oh, took a step back and reflected on it, you know. And and these guys are no Lennon be- best. They played with him, so they they would be able to tell you if he brought it on himself. By and and let's not. Neil Lennon loves his pantomime of it all. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not saying he's he's innocent and all of this, but he he certainly is innocent of of any wrongdoing last night and any wrongdoing the time he was attacked at Tynecastle. 2012, you know, I see he's a divisive character. You, you, you fall into kind of fences with Neil Lennon, you know. But it's all right to dislike him. But there's a there's a culture at the moment in Scottish football of embracing what makes the game different up here, what what there is to celebrate about that. And quite often people will point to um, Craig, Craig Levine's uh, kind of silliness or quotes at, at times, things like that. Neil Lennon falls into that category at times with his antics in the touchline in a, in a comedic manner when he did the aeroplane celebration when McLaren scored at the last minute against Rangers last night when he's telling the Hearts fans to sit down one minute you know Scottish football fans embrace that and are, and are all about it and then you get one or two that can't accept it and try and take matters into their own hands My, my opinion is Neil Lennon is always reacting to something you know and Neil Lennon will tell you himself, he he, he is abused roundly wherever he goes, mm-hmm. you know, verbal and as it manifest, manifested itself last night in a coin throwing incident which hit, hit, hit his jaw, you know. But so I ask you to take that abuse for as long as he has and then that call happens. It's human nature. Uh, did he go to Hearts fans? Yeah, you could argue that, that he did. But it doesn't know? warrant. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah, warrant it, yeah, a coin doesn't, throwing. It doesn't warrant the actions that followed it. It warrants some it, job to hit him in the face with a coin, and as you see, to deliberately when you when you throw that, you know what you're doing, and that in the close proximity to where Neil Lennon is, you know. So I wasn't there, but uh, I believe he he was subjected to all sorts of verbal abuse. 
for the for most of the game, which is fine. As I say, he's a divisive figure. He's he, he, it's it's fine. It's rivalry. This yeah, exactly you are allowed not to like Neil Lennon. You know, if you support Hearts mm-hmm. or, or Rangers when he was a Celtic man or whoever, I, I get that. I totally get that. But I get it on, in a sporting sense. I don't get it in a societal sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's now breaching that, you know, crossing those lines. You know, and and, uh, and I do I do feel for him in that sense, uh, but. You know, as his behaviour, you know, I've watched managers all throughout football celebrate, go do what you like. Mm -hmm. Mourinho ran the length of the touchline at Old Trafford when they scored the Mm -hmm. last minute goal to take them through and away goals. You know? Antonio Conte is a more animated manager than Antonio Conte. Someone tell me if there is, you know? But nobody seems to get wound up by him. I think it's it's quite right to celebrate the passion of the fans up here, but when it crosses that line into violence, I mean it's not been a good couple of days for the Hearts fans, not at all. That bottle incident um, before the game at Murrayfield, and then last night, of course, the Hibs fan that punched the the Hearts keepers bang out of order as well. And Lennon condemned that, and Anne Budge has come out today and condemned her own support. And we'll stress that as well. This is not a go at Hearts fans per se. It's just that the. they brought it into sharp focus by their fans' action and the Hibs fan as well. But as I alluded to earlier, Celtic haven't exactly been mm-hmm. blameless in their own record yep. of fans' behaviour. Uh, this, you know, in the past. So, in the Motherwell fan, the, the game that I was at. So, most football clubs have some unruly element, you know. But they're, they're not wanted mm-hmm. and they're not needed. It's it's, it's been. Highlighted a lot recently, though. Ever since the incident at Levy, with yes. the Levy Rangers game, uh-huh. and then the incident with the weekend with Hearts, and then last night the Hibs and Hearts fans having a go. I mean, wh- wh- where does this end? It, it throws the whole issue of strict liability, Andy, back onto the agenda. Scottish clubs are strictly against it for obvious reasons, but in Europe, it's a zero tolerance uh, approach towards it. You know. You, you're responsible for the actions of your fans and see the more severe the punishment you, you would maybe weed them out because mm-hmm. see if you were deducted points heavy fines, stadium closures you know or, or, or stand closures you know people would soon get the message but it's up to the member clubs to vote for that and you can understand why Scottish clubs are reticent to do that you know but we're sick of it mm-hmm. Scottish football fans in general are sick of it, you know. Cause even if there had been a late goal last night, the focus would have still been on what happened to Lennon and the yeah. Hearts goalie. You know, and I, I, I just think that there's a lot to celebrate about Scottish football at the moment, you know, yet we still get dragged back, you know, into the dark ages by people who are incapable of behaving. And if ever there was a... a you know, a cause for not bringing alcohol back to football. Just watch Scottish football on any given yeah. weekend. I'm and not sure who would want to sit with a pint in and freezing just, temperatures in December anyway. And they would just say, you know what, no, because they can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And if fans can't be trusted, then, well, you know, frankly, they're the liability, you know. Yeah. So we, we need to, but you need to weed these people out because they're not welcome anymore. 
and it's all and they're saying that that's ah, a minority, but it's a minority that's ruining it for for the majority of you know well-behaved Scottish football supporters. We'll call it a day there. We could go on for hours, Tony, but um, I think we'll just end up going <laughs> round in circles. So thank you for listening to the Daily Record Celtic podcast. You can listen and subscribe on all the usual platforms, iTunes, Acast and all the rest of them. I've been Andy Barge. My guest was Tony Haggerty. Thanks very much for listening.